So may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in the sight of God, our King and our Redeemer. Amen. So, giving. Well, the most memorable sermon that I've ever heard on the subject of giving was in the 1960s when I was a student at Aberdeen University. And I was at a service at the Aberdeen Free Kirk, or Free Church, and the preacher's text was, God loves a cheerful giver. And this comes from uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 9. And uh, just to remind us that giving can be cheerful, uh, here's somebody who preached on if anyone has a suit, which is not exactly what Jesus said, uh, but obviously it had quite an impression on those two guys. And... Um, This sermon had a big impression on this Aberdeen congregation as well. I think there's no more depth in that. We can move on from from that slide. Uh, This had a big impression on the congregation because uh, the preacher taking this text to Corinthians 9 verse 6, uh, God loves a cheerful giver. His name was Douglas Macmillan. He startled the congregation by announcing very emphatically, God loves a hilarious giver. And it was more or less said like that. And this was astonishing uh, for two reasons, really. Uh, The first reason was that the free kirk, or the wee frees as they're sometimes called, they're anything but free, uh, so the name is not quite right. And certainly you are never going to be hilarious uh, in the ethos of that kind of church. So that was the first astonishing thing. And the second astonishing thing was that this was delivered in Aberdeen. And to be hilarious about giving uh, in Aberdeen uh, seemed uh, a little bit uh, unusual. And I say that because several people from Aberdeen are in the congregation uh, today. uh, And my connections are very strong as well. So unusual approaches to giving. And just thinking about uh, Aberdeen, there was uh, a letter I read in a national newspaper uh, from an Aberdonian uh, which said to this newspaper, if you print any more jokes about Scotsmen being mean, you'll lose a reader. I'll stop borrowing your newspaper from my neighbor. (laughs) So there is uh, a kind of uh, feeling sometimes uh, that certain people are not so willing to Give, But actually, there is something that God has put inside all of us, and that is the desire to do something. That is part of who we are as people whom God has made. The the echo of God within us. The echo of the God who said that he had so much loved the world that he gave. Isn't that right? And so something of that echo is in humanity. Now, when it comes uh, to giving, as a church, we don't say a lot about this. And there's a good reason for that, because we are a mission church, and every Sunday people come into this church who have never been before. And if they just hear, we need something from you, it isn't exactly the message that we want to put over, is it? But... It is an important message because it's right there at the beginning 
of the life of the church in the New Testament, going right back to our readings in the first century as the church was emerging. And so we leap to the 21st century and to this uh, church here in Camborne, a church that has emerged in this community. And we ask, what are the things that we might learn? What are the connections that we might make? Well, what about this church in Corinth? The Corinth, city near Athens, a church that Paul himself had founded. He had been there, he had lived there, he knew those people. They were part of his life. He knew some of the issues in the church. You read these letters. Probably we don't have all the letters that went back and forth between this church and Paul, but but these couple of letters that we have. And you think, wow, some mega problems in that church. Problems of tensions, different people looking for different things in the church. Problems of distorted sex that was going on amongst members of the church. Problems about what is the Christian faith anyway? What, what should we believe? Are all these things true? All these questions. And you might think, oh, you know, that is a church that has got some real issues and some real pain. But it's also a church that was a Christian witness in the midst of a city uh, that in its own way was notorious, the city of Corinth, uh, a city that had different faiths, different beliefs, people worshipping different gods, a city that had the rich, very rich, also had the poor, a city that was actually known for sexual permissiveness. So, All of that is where this church is, and it's a church with a witness. And part of that witness is to be giving, and that's what Paul is talking about. Uh, In 1 Corinthians and in 2 Corinthians, these passages uh, that Mary read to us, about an offering that was going to be taken, an offering uh, to send to other people who were in need, the Christian Jews in Judea, suffering poverty, uh, poverty that was there, in a way endemic in some parts of of that region, but also because of persecution they were suffering. And so Paul's saying, hey, let's help. Let's gather some of this that some churches can have to give to those others who don't have. And uh, a lot of this is about giving and receiving, isn't it? When you were listening to that, perhaps you picked that up. And I just thought, looking at these passages, this is so Camborne. This is about... A church that has emerged because other people cared enough to give to allow this to happen here in Camborne. People who had never been to Camborne gave that money from different churches because they wanted to see this witness. But maybe we're at a different stage now where we're not needing to take, but we're going to give more ourselves. That's an exciting thing to think about, challenging. So I've got five things I want to say uh, which I think come out of this Uh, these readings that we've had. Guidelines. The first is, when it comes to giving, we're all involved. Each one, says Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Uh, He said, I told this to the Galatian churches. This is not a different message. This is the thing that I'm saying to people. On the first day of the week, every one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. Every one of you. So it's not like he said, you know, there's a few really rich people and I'm just going to finger them uh, because, you know, they're the ones who really need to carry this. 
No, he said, every one of you. I want every one of you to be involved uh, in this. And this is important uh, for us at this stage. It will take every single person who is a committed part of this congregation to move on to the next stage uh, and to really make this witness flourish even more in Camborne. So every one of us, that's the first guideline, has a part to play. Nobody ultimately uh, is, is outside of, of this vision. That's what Anastasia shared with us. That was good, wasn't it? To just have a passionate vision. And that's what we're called to be part of. So we're all involved. Second guideline, Paul says, on the first day of every week. Now what this says to me is there's a kind of regularity about this. It isn't just, you know, one day we wake up and we think, I'm feeling really generous today, you know. I've been listening to some good music and I'll give something today. No, this is, he says, on the first day of every week. There's a kind of rhythm about this. Do you get the feeling of this, that uh, they're, they're doing that uh, regularly? And I remember when I worked in human resources, uh, negotiating with a whole crowd of people. Actually, it was, I think it was thousands of people. It seems a bit scary now to think about it. But we were negotiating how to change from these people getting paid every week to getting paid every month. Uh, this was the new kind of way of doing things. And um, the people said, well, I don't, we can't cope with this uh, because we've been used, we get the pay and by the end of the week, it's all gone. And then we get to pay the next week. And by the end of that week, it's all gone. If we get it all, you know, four weeks all at once, of course, it'll all be gone in a week. So what do we do for the next three weeks? So it's about a, a, a different rhythm. And this is probably, for many of us here today, the kind of rhythm we're thinking about, the monthly rhythm and the way in which uh, we can give through our banker's order, whatever it is, to... Uh, establish something regular. So this is what we're talking about, regular giving. Of course, it's great to be spontaneous. I love being spontaneous. But this is something that needs that regularity if we're going to move forward. So there are ways that you can give regularly, and we've got a lot of information about that. We don't actually, in this church, probably you've noticed, pass around the bag. We don't really want to do that and say, you know, find something and put it in. But there are ways of being regular in your giving. So that's the second thing. The third thing is to be planned. And I see this in what Paul says as well. He says, uh, when I come to you, I'm going to come and visit you. Uh, I don't want to be bothered with a lot of this stuff about money when I'm with you. you know, there's a lot of other stuff I want to talk to you about. Uh, there's a lot going on in the church. We've got to think about how to move forward as a church. I don't want all that money stuff when I come. And that is really him saying, plan it out. Get it sorted. And so planning is very important. And we've got budgets. We're thinking ahead. We're thinking about what's going to happen this year in our church. We were meeting in the church council uh, to talk about that. And one of the pictures in the church council that somebody shared was, uh, really, we're growing up. As a church, uh, we've been kind of going along with somebody holding our hand, these denominations, you know, great people, but now we're growing up. Now there's something else that we have to do. So we've got to plan for it. We've got to think about how more giving will come. So that Paul is talking about uh, the way in which we plan, and we're trying to do that. 
The guideline four. Are you still with me? That there's these guidelines? Uh, Each of us, regular plan. Four. Giving is to be motivated by love. And I think this is so powerful in these passages that we read. Uh, I was really struck by this. Um, Because there's other things that you could think about as motivations. Any ideas of how sometimes we get motivated to give? Guilt! Exactly! Yeah! And some people say preachers are good at that. I've, I've actually never been good at that. I've, I've been a total failure, if that's a success, you know, to come out with, with guilt. Um, but it happens, doesn't it? Guilt in giving. Uh, or any other reason why, you, why people might... Vanity. Vanity. Oh, yes, yes. You know, I'm the one. Uh, I've given. Uh, any other ideas? Maybe that you'll get more back. That's one of the things, isn't it? Yeah, I'll give, but really what I want to do is get more back. Uh, And there's even a kind of theology that's around about that, uh, which takes some verses from what Paul said about you sow and then you reap. And some people say, ah, yeah, if I give, you know, I'll end up with even more because God will bless me so much. Do you think that's actually what it's about? It's not that people who gave generously in the New Testament or since then end up even wealthier because they give money away. Some of them really end up poorer. But in terms of what God is doing, it's so much richer, isn't it? To be part of something bigger than ourselves. That's where the riches come from. So it's not really that. I think the motivation here in 2 Corinthians 8 is so much to do with just a spirit of generosity, a spirit that is gracious, a spirit that is loving, uh, Paul is talking about it all the time through this passage. The, the wealth of generosity, that's the sort of expression that is used. It's just a richness of generosity, a spirit that is giving. And that's ultimately, you know, if we're that kind of people, that's what's going to make the difference. And he uses this, this brilliant text. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet For your sake, he became poor. He gave, so that through his poverty, you might be rich. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. You can't get much more powerful than that, can you? That this is our example. This is Jesus, the one who had so much, but he gave, he gave, he gave. And so we are to be motivated by that spirit of Jesus. And the last guideline is this. Giving is a privilege. This is what we read in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 4, about the Macedonian churches. Paul says, listen to this, just get a hold of it. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service the Lord's people. You know, it's like, hey, we're, we're not part of this giving at the moment. Please, can we become part of it? Urgently pleading to be part of it. You know, what a sense of of the privilege of giving. And I hope that something of that uh, is going to develop within us. uh, It's there, of course it's there, but even more. Um, And this sharing is is the koinonia. People have shared with us, and now we want to share because, as Anastasia said, there are people we're supporting, people who are our 
minister, youth worker, uh, our administrative staff. These are people who are not just, you know, we are a church in Camborne and we like to have these people because they're serving us. That's not what it's about. They are out there. They are doing unique ministries in our community of Camborne. So let's not hold back. Let that work flourish. Let it go forward. Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Of course, there's a blessing in receiving. But I hope that as we've received as a church so much, we will know the blessing also of giving.